You're listening to the Three Pixels Tech Gaming and Movie Podcast. Bonus episode, Movie First Impressions, presented and edited by Alan Taylor. Hey everybody, I just left the Phoenix Cinema a few moments ago and I wasn't sure whether I was going to do a first impressions of this movie, but I definitely have some feelings and thoughts about it. So yeah, let's do this. Loveless. It's a Russian thriller and family drama, I guess. It's the fifth feature now by director Andrei Zviagenstev. If you listened to our last first impressions, you'll know that I saw The Shape of Water as well this past weekend. And I, uh, I honestly can't think of two more polar opposite movies to see one after the other. Where the Shape of Water was a charming, love beats all, romance, this is anything but that. The story begins with a couple who are midway through ending their loveless marriage. They're mid-divorce, mid-selling their apartment to move on with their lives. Uh, Both of them even have new partners now. But the problem is, is the fact that they've got this 12-year-old boy together. And they're using him as a point of manipulation towards each other. Early on, there's a scene where they're having this cruel, vindictive argument with each other, trying their best to get under each other's skin about who's going to keep the child after the divorce. They're both trying to push him on the other, trying to get rid of this burden, you know, this mistake that's ruining their lives. However, unbeknownst to them, we, the audience, see the bathroom door slowly open and there's just this silent, pure, twisted anguish on the boy's face having heard everything they've been saying. And honestly, just that sight alone, uh, the floor dropped out beneath me. My skin went cold. From there, we go on to see their daily lives with their new partners. The wife, uh, Xenia, is living with an older man and spends her time getting beauty treatments and being treated well by him. The husband, Boris, spends most of his time at work terrified that this uh, strict Christian corporate culture is going to find out about his divorce. In fact, they're away so often they don't even notice that their child's gone missing. It's the school that you know, rings them up and tells them he hasn't been there for days. And after that, you know, the movie follows this bitter couple as they're turned down by the useless bureaucratic police and go on to enlist the help of local volunteers and try and find their child or at least figure out, you know, if he was kidnapped or run away or, or what's happened to him. And I think this is where, in most movies, we would see a um, see two people come together over common cause, uh, but quite the opposite here. The main character use the boy's disappearance as another way to argue and manipulate and shame each other. It felt to me like Andre Zviagenstev was playing a game of chicken with me. Uh, you know, who's going to break first? Is he going to show me any warmth or humanity? Or am I going to give up hope for this poor child and the characters of the world? Because, uh, you know, it was the world. It was the whole world. Everyone in this is portrayed as these vapid, selfish, selfie-obsessed, you know, how do I look? How does this affect me type People. The mother, Zenya, in particular, while people are talking to her, she's taking photos of her food uh, uh, or herself, you know, half listening to them. But it's done realistically. Like, 
I know these people. I know the people that do this. It doesn't feel like it's being overdone to make a point. And like I said, the police don't really care. The volunteers, you know, they care more deeply about the job itself. They're extremely methodical, but the child himself isn't that important. And there's a point where the leader of the volunteers is giving this pep talk to the people who have come out to find the boy, and he's making light of the situation. It feels really bizarre. And this feeling of bizarrity, that's not a word, this feeling of despair and hope just being out of reach. You know, they can all see it, but if they just stopped and cared for another human being for a second, their horrible, miserable lives could finally move forward. I think the visual tone of the film really reinforced this. Uh, it's ice cold. The camera work is extremely deliberate and clinical and glacially slow when it moves at all, evoking a Kubrickian or a Fincher-esque quality. Throughout the film, we visit these locations, winter forests made of dead trees hanging over still lakes, derelict buildings that were once lavish hotels or expensive apartments. And we have these long, long still takes. There's no movement uh, from the camera or in frame. And I found myself searching the whole frame for any clues of the missing boy, every time finding nothing. But, you know, eventually I stopped looking for him and just took in the beautiful picture as a whole. And I think maybe the movie won the game of chicken. The issue is, the issue for me, not for the movie, because it really complicates uh, and makes me conflicted, is that the acting is very good. And they did a very good job of giving reasons and enough of a hint of personality to these characters that I can't write them off as villainous. But there's this texture to their performance that made me really question who was at fault for the way they were. And, you know, we are given plenty of reasons with, you know, the Christian boss or the aggressive grandmother. You know, it, it, it's society. I, I know the answer. But their performances just really drag you in. And on the, the, the note of society, I just want to quickly mention the society and the world of this movie. It seems to be set during some sort of apocalypse going on behind all of this. You know, not an apocalypse of the soul, which you'd expect but an actual world war going on. But we only hear it in the news reports and on the TV and in casual conversation. No one, n none of the main characters makes a point of caring about it. Oh, actually, no one really seems to care. In fact, they seem to be annoyed that the news of someone else's problem is on. I mean, you know, like I said, obviously no one in this world cares about anything. But I think this is how Andre Zviagenstev is holding a mirror up to society. And I really like that. It's really affecting. It doesn't feel like it's forcing anything down my throat either it's not an episode of black mirror don't get me wrong I, you know i don't dislike that show or anything but it handles this with finesse and i think the moments of human behavior that it portrays not humanity because god knows that's lacking you know the certain small interactions and at one point uh, they're in a shop and just an extra moves one of those little barrier segregators that you get to the back of his shopping pile on the conveyor belt because there just weren't enough for everyone. And I thought, oh my God, I'm watching real life. And that would have depressed me. Um, I don't know who to recommend this to. Uh, there was a lady in the theater I was in that was gasping and not screaming, but loudly crying out at some of the scenes involving the boy or the potential of finding the boy dead or alive. So it obviously deals in very heavy themes, but if you're looking for something with depth and an interesting look at the modern world through a unique lens, go watch this. 
You've been listening to the Three Pixels podcast, a production by Alan Taylor, music provided by Epidemic Sound, and exec produced by Abrupt Audio. With that, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Good night.